0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Loki season two, and I know this is the long-awaited episode for a lot of uh, what I've been trying to do on this um, uh, about this one because you know I wasn't aware when the episode or when the season was going to drop or when the season was actually going to. Uh, uh, be available because I wasn't really sure. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't like Secret Invasion where they said it was gonna be like six episodes or anything like that. But I was kind of surprised that this 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 series was kind of short. Uh, but it I gotta say it was damn good, damn good, and uh, that's how we're gonna start the episode. It is really good. Uh, very very surprised on how well it was put together and how well uh this was kind of capitalizing on a lot of the stuff that they did in um in season one and making the jump to uh season two and I thought that was really good. Now now sandwiched into this um uh, season one and two is unfortunately uh Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um that movie was eh You know, however, Jonathan Majors' Kang was really good. And to see the transition from there to here was much more impressive. In this one, he plays another variant of, um, he plays another variant of, uh, of obviously Kang. and this one, it's, uh, Victor Timely. And, um, I'm not, I wasn't really sure how that was going to play out because, here was a brand new character an origin story basically but what i loved about season 2 was not only did they give us a uh backstory on um not only did they give us a backstory on uh on everything on all the characters that we had or that were introduced and everything like that but they gave us you know a backstory on every single person that uh was um that was introduced in the first season like we never really got we never really got a um a backstory for the character of mobius we never really got a backstory for the character of renslayer or um, hunter b15 we never really got any of that stuff about these interesting characters that we were all introduced yeah we got stuff for loki and sylvie and all those people like that and uh, we even got a backstory on the character of Miss Minutes, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but um I honestly didn't know what to expect uh, with that, but I was very surprised that they kind of gave us a little bit of backstory on all that, uh, all that we had, you know, everything that we had going on with, um, uh, with this, you know, stuff, like we didn't, wasn't expecting... Uh, was not expecting for them to be an in-depth look at you know what they were going to do and what they were going to uh actually you know talk about and everything like that because the first season kind of left us with more questions than answers and I think the the season two started answering those questions we're introduced to a new character by the name of Obi played by the uh the the great and you know what I'm I'm not going to do this this is going to be very hard I'm going to butcher this name, I know I am, uh, but, um, but we're introduced to, uh, to maybe one or two new characters, um, uh, we're introduced to, uh, we're introduced to the character of Victor Timely, even though he's played by Jonathan Majors, he's a different variant, and I use quotations when I say that, um, uh, he uh but he's another variant of of a uh of Kang the Conqueror and he's, you know, living in the uh in the eighteen hundreds and everything like that. He's this, you know, crackpot inventor and everything like that. But we kinda got a glimpse of that at the very end of um at the very end of of uh Quantum Mania. So that was kinda cool. So I figured my my whole thing was is that Loki season two was gonna tie into that somewhere. Then they had the famous, um, then they had the famous time slipping scene, which were Loki slipping through times, which a lot of people were making the argument that that's kind of very similar to what happens to Peter Parker and a lot of the people in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, how they're glitching and everything like that. So there wasn't really a connection there, but you know, people like to you know people like to make the connect the dots, even though the, even though the dots are not really there. But um, you know, it is what it is. But one of the characters they introduced, like I said, was. Um, was the character of Obi, and uh, he's played by the great Jonathan Kee Kwong, I know his name is not that, and but I'm not going to try to pronounce his actual name and everything like that, but I, I know him as Jonathan Kee Kwong, because that's what they, that's what they refer to him, and as short round in Indiana Jones, and of course his data in the Goonies and everything like that, but once he, once he got older and was an adult, and he did the film, uh, everything everywhere all at once, he changed it to, to Kee Kwong, I knew I was going to butcher that shit, that's why I didn't want to do it, so Jonathan Keekon is the new character introduced and he's amazing. He's great. And uh, you know, this is like I said, this was coming off of his Academy Award winning performance in uh everything everywhere all at once because I think they started they started shooting this uh at the end of at the end of 2022 going into 2023 and the show had already wrapped by the time uh, the Oscars had come around. And then unfortunately, you know, right after the Oscars hit the uh uh this past summer was the whole you know, actors and writers strike and everything like that. So I was glad to see that this show was not affected by it, even though, you know, Disney was one of the uh, people who were, you know, violating a lot of the stuff and everything like that. But anyways, the character of Obi is the super genius, the mastermind and everything like that. And there's a little bit of a connection between him and Victor Timely. You know, he's, somebody goes back in time and gives him this notebook that he's written and everything like that. So that was kind of cool. But his performance in the, in this show, really really drives home the fact that you know there's a lot to be said there's a lot to be had and everything like that but at the end of the day it really gonna goes to show you that you know they were pulling out all the stops for this show and you know to kind of say to kind of say that you know this this show was not that great or kind of say that they weren't really kind of going all in and a lot of people were thinking that Marvel was in danger at this point point you know, it was true, you know, from the time we've finished Endgame, with the exception of Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home, um, yeah, a lot of the films have not been that great, even the shows have not been that great, you know, we got, uh, since then, we got Moon Knight, now, Moon Knight, a lot of people didn't really like, I loved it, I thought it was really good, um, then we got, uh, Secret Invasion, and I thought that that's a cool concept. But then when the show came out and we saw the episodes, it was kind of uh, a little bit all over the place, and I didn't really like that. But uh, then we got Thor: Love and Thunder came out, then um, which I don't I don't really know what they were, I didn't know what they were going for. It's like the the pattern that I'm seeing with these movies is that is that in Thor: Love and Thunder they focused. Too much on the comedy aspect and not on the stuff that was actually interesting, like Christian Bale as, um, Christian Bale as, uh, Gore the God Butcher. Thor, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, same thing. I didn't really care for what they were doing, like what the Guardians were going through. All I cared about was his backstory we got with Rocket Raccoon and everything like that. That was really cool, even though it was kind of, it was all flashbacks and everything like that. And then Quantum Mania, I liked the stuff with Jonathan Majors. Didn't really care for the stuff with, uh, with Scott Lang and you know Hope Van Dyne and everything like that. So that was, a little bit all over the place and everything like that. But then, but then the what the only thing I really enjoyed from Quantum Mania was like I said earlier was the end credit scene as we got Loki and Mobius, at this you know talent circus, in somewhere in the late eighteen hundreds and we meet this guy Victor Timely. And Loki says, that's him. And I was like, oh, okay, so this ties into uh, the Loki series. And then Loki season two drops, and here we are. I got to say, from the beginning, there was not a dull moment in this show. There really wasn't. I think my only disappointment with this show was that they didn't really give us enough of what happened with Renslayer. And her performance was really good in the show. Uh, She was really good in the first one. Like, she's hiding something. Not necessarily that she's hiding something, but she knows she's in on it, and she knows they're, they're desperately trying to figure it out, and everything like that, and this one, she's given a little bit more of, of a backstory as well, but hers doesn't really get the satisfying ending that everybody else got, you know what I mean, like, she's the bad guy in all this, and everything like that, and she's kind of caught in this web that he who remains has, has created, and everything like that, but then, I won't spoil anything, even though I technically can because all the episodes are available now. But that last episode, when Loki is trying to figure out how to save everybody and do all this stuff to do this, to do, to save everybody and be the one to kind of, uh, uh, to kind of, you know, reset everything and redo all this other stuff and really just be the hero this time, because that's something he's never been able to do, um... That last episode when he's, he figured out how to do the time jump, which is really cool. He's able to jump at moments in time to kind of change a lot of things. And then he jumps to the last episode of season one where Loki and Sylvie are about to fight and, you know, kill he who remains. And then, so he cuts right in there and then he looks at he who remains and says, why don't you ever try to stop her? And then he who remains hits that little button on his watch and he says... So how many times have we had this conversation? And I said, "Holy shit." So technically he's not dead. And I was like, "Damn it." That I don't want to say that was unfortunate or that was kind of uh undermining, but that just goes to show you that this guy is like 10 steps ahead no matter what. You know what I mean? Like this guy he's created all this for a specific reason and a specific purpose, but nobody knows anything, you know, to what uh what is going on, or what is uh, what is actually happening, because, you know, he's, like I said, he's created everything to kind of, to make this thing run on its own, and to do everything that he can do to preserve the sacred timeline, no matter what, no matter what Loki does, Loki has to make the ultimate sacrifice at the end, which he does, everybody is safe, but now Loki ends up being the one that he who remains, and Loki, the god of mischief, becomes the god of stories, which is really cool it's a great callback to that comic book and everything like that i personally never read the the, the god of stories comic book i'm aware of the storyline but i've never actually read it you know i was you know by the time that had come out we were well into phase 2 of uh of the marvel cinematic universe and things like that but i got to say i was blown away by that scene at the end and the fact that loki just kind of sitting there holding on to all the timelines and everything like that It really was a great way. Now, this is the perfect example because I always said that, you know, with these Marvel spinoff shows, it was going to be hard to kind of carry the entire show, have it good all the way through and then stick the landing because WandaVision was good all the way through, but it just didn't stick the landing, you know, and I was like, "Eh, that's kind of an underwhelming part. And then The Falcon and Winter Soldier was kind of boring throughout the whole thing, but it was a great ending. They really stuck that landing. You know, Miss Marvel, to be honest, Miss Marvel, and I said this in the Marvel's review, but Miss Marvel's only good thing was Kamala Khan. It's the rest of the story around her that wasn't all that interesting. What if was, eh, I didn't really get what if. It was a great, it was a kind of like a great send off for the character of, of uh, T'Challa, who was, I think that was the last time we got to see. Chadwick Boseman's uh, portrayal of T'Challa, unfortunately, after his uh, his untimely death in uh, in 2020. I thought Moon Knight was really good, but it it had a slow burn to it. Like it didn't really pick up until later on in the season. And once it did, I was like, oh, okay, that really works. Hawkeye. eh, I I couldn't really do Hawkeye. I could really kind of do without, you know, because I didn't really find it all that interesting. It was cool to see certain characters come back. But it wasn't cool to kind of see, you know, the whole story play out the way it did. Even though I love, uh, I love Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. I thought she's a great addition and everything like that. But you know, we'll see what happens. And then um, She Hulk was She Hulk was entertaining to an extent, but it kind of got over redundant really fast. Now She Hulk had one of the best endings of the show, like when she breaks the fourth wall and everything like that. That was really cool. But Loki had always been, Loki season one was great. It was great all the way through because you have no idea where this was going. You, you think you get to the end of the episode and you realize that the timekeepers are not real. Then there's this planet that everybody's on where you cannot get past this monster. And then it, it just kind of kept going. You had all these false endings. And then we get to he who remains, who we already know is going to be portrayed by Jonathan Majors and it's his first outing. And it was really good. And the same thing kind of happens in this one. We kind of get that we're getting this ending in the last two episodes. Like, okay, the show is about to end here. No, it's not. It's going to end here. No, it's not. It's going to end here. And I was like, okay, it's the same formula that they did, but it worked out really, really well. And and not only that, but it ended almost the exact same way the first season ended. It ends with a final showdown with He Who Remains. Now, that's the changing of the guard that's the plot twist in season 2 is that when we get to that final episode and we realize that he who remains is still there waiting for us it's like wow when he says that line so how many times have we had this conversation i said holy shit he's been waiting for us and i was like he's been well like when i say us it's like loki and everything like that that was great that was a great performance that was a great moment at the end, and when Loki realizes what he has to do, it was kind of a call. A lot of people had to call back to the first store when he says, For you, for all of us, you know, you get what he was trying to do, and everything like that. It was a great, it was great. I really did love this show, and I think even though Marvel's in a bit of a shambles, like I said earlier, I, I, I did all this stuff, I you know, I I, I said what was going to happen. I said what the movies were doing and the shows were doing, but Loki is kind of the mainstay that's really been kind of holding things together, and no pun intended, you know, because at the end of Loki season two, he's the one holding all the timelines together, but Loki legit is the the glue kind of holding the MCU together, not only, you know, literally like he is now, but like figuratively, you know, because, you know, if you heard my review for the Marvels, that was okay, you know, but they're doing the same thing, they're They're giving us things that we didn't really ask for and they're dropping the ball with it. And then the things that they give us that is quite entertaining, they don't give us enough of it. Loki did give us enough of it. Loki gave us everything that we needed to kind of be entertained and to kind of leave us on a high note. It gets us excited for what is about to come. Now, unfortunately, we don't know what's about to come because with season one, we were looking forward to Quantum Mania because we were going to see more of Jonathan Majors as Kang. Now, with season two, I have no idea where we're going to go from here. I really have no idea where we're going to go at at any type of pace whatsoever. But as far as I'm concerned, it's really good. It works to an extent. And the reason why I say it works to an extent is because of the fact that it's because of the fact that we left on a good note. It left us, it left us satisfied, so to speak. And even though the Marvels didn't, you know, we'll see where we go from here and we'll see where we go, where we end up in the future. Now I know Marvel released, I think it was about two weeks ago or about a week ago. It was recently that they released the, the trailer for the show echo. And I was like, really a spinoff show, a character from a spinoff show is getting their own spinoff. And I was like, Why? I never found that character all that interesting, so I was like, okay, whatever, you know, but it was cool to see, um, but it was cool to see, um, Vincent D'Onofrio return as the Kingpin, which is really good, I'm dying to see what they're gonna do with, uh, Daredevil, uh, Daredevil Reborn under Disney, so, you know, we'll see what that does, uh, supposedly, um, Deadpool 3 is coming out in 2024, so we'll see what happens, uh but as far as I'm concerned, Loki season two is probably the best Loki season one and two. Matter of fact, Loki, the show all the way around is probably the best spin-off show that Marvel's ever done. Um it really does. Season one and two are great. If you have not seen them, definitely check them out. Uh but that's gonna go ahead and bring us to the end of our episode. If you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and Twitter. I gotta stop saying that. It really, it really upsets me that I keep saying that, but it's a hard habit to break because I've been doing this for a while now, and I, you know, it's always been changing. But anyway, let's try that again. But if you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all on all podcast outlets: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets: Instagram and X, The Madhouse Twenty One. Let me know what you guys thought about Loki season one and two. Did you like it? Where do you rank it in the Marvel spinoff shows? Whatever the case may be. Let me know. Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse21. Uh be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. Like I said earlier, I've already covered the Marvels. Uh that was yesterday's episode. Tomorrow's episode will probably be Captain Marvel, the first film. And then we got a we got a bunch of of um Netflix and uh other other streaming services films that were just made for that. You know, we got a bunch of films coming out this week and uh, everything like that. Of course, we got the NFL uh, episode dropping on Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast. And of course, as always, be sure to embrace your inner madness.